Good afternoon, or good evening, I should say. It is now 6.15, and we're going to go ahead and get started. That way we start on time, we can end on time, and we can, I'll let you guys and ladies uh, go. Uh, thank you so much. Thank all of you for being here tonight. Uh, Brother Wade called and asked what I fill in for him again tonight, and so I'm glad to uh, be back tonight, and thank you guys so much for putting up with me. Uh, for just a little while. We're going to go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get started a lot, even though it may not look like it on your paper, there's a lot going on. And so prayerfully, there will be some note taken, but I do encourage you to listen a lot as well. And um, you'll be able to see th uh, in this lesson tonight that uh, even though it's dealing with a storm, but there are blessings that come out of storms and we'll talk about what the text and what the author of the text is trying to convey uh, to all of us uh, tonight. Uh, if you will allow me, um, I'm going to go ahead and I will pray. Then before we end tonight, if there's other prayer requests, we'll definitely uh, make time um, for that. If you're all good, we're going to go ahead. I'll ask you to let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. And after that, we'll get right into tonight's lesson. Father God, we thank you again for tonight. We thank you again for this day, this time, and opportunity. Again, Father, I pray that as we get ready to go into your word, that once again, Father, that you loan us your mind, that we be able, Heavenly Father, to just not only learn of your word, not only just take it in our hearts and hide it, but live that life, Lord, that's pleasing, acceptable in our eyesight. Bless each and every person that's here tonight. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that... When it's all said and done, Lord, and when we get ready to leave here, Lord, because of the sacrifices and the efforts that we made to be here tonight, I pray that we leave better than what we came. For this is my prayer, I pray in Jesus' name, I pray. Let us all say together, amen. Now, I am going to ask somebody, or bodies, I should say, whoever's willing to do it. Again, our lesson will be coming from Matthew chapter 14, verses 21 through 33. Now, I do have the mic, so tonight I am going to ask with somebody, or we can split it up and have two individuals, whoever that may be, uh, would consider reading these verses out loud tonight for me. Okay. Sure. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. You said, it says 21, right? 21? I'm sorry. 22? Okay, that's right. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. <clears throat> Me. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
Okay, so tonight, when you look at your lesson, when you look at the title of this outline, the title of this lesson, Blessings in the Storms of Life. Now, I know that may sound contrary, that may not make sense to some of us. How in the world can I have blessings or get blessings or even see blessings in the midst of my storms? Now, we need to understand, you need to understand and realize uh, tonight that when I talk about storms, and I said this some time ago, that all of us in this room tonight, we are in one of the three categories when dealing with storms. Either you're getting ready to go into a storm and you don't know it yet, or either you're in the midst of a storm right now in your life, or you're coming out of your storm. And those are three categories there. Again, you're getting ready to go into the storm. You could be in the middle of a storm right now currently, or you could be coming out of a storm. But, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, wow. Uh, <laughs> right, don't, don't knock down the chairs or tables. You don't have to pick up, okay? <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, nevertheless, you're in one of those categories, okay? And so when we look at tonight's lesson and when we think about storms, and I want to make sure that you understand as we get ready to get into this lesson, you have to believe, you have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what storm you find yourself in, that as long as you're in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus will work these things out, okay? You have to believe that, you have to know that before you go out here in this world, whether that's not knocking on doors or sharing the gospel, if you don't believe that, and you don't trust in God yourself, even when you can't trace his hand in the dark, you're not going to be as effective in sharing the gospel with somebody else because when they look at your life and they see you go through storms and you're not trusting God or you're carrying yourself in such a way that's not honorable to him, you don't ever want anybody to be able to throw that back in your face saying, well, you're trying to tell me how to conduct myself and look how you're acting. Or in, in other words, it taints your testimony. You don't want anything that will taint or stain your testimony. So when we look at Matthew 14, and again, I'm sorry about when I said 21 through 33. I should have said it should have been 22 through uh, 33. Now we're dealing in a section of the Bible here, Matthew, uh, where Jesus is now walking on the sea. When you look at these disciples here in the text tonight, these disciples, now they find themselves, if you look at your outline there, and I just put there in the paragraph for just a moment, try to paint this setting. These men, these men who have been walking with God, these men who have witnessed miracle after miracle, now these disciples, they find themselves in a storm. Now, I want you to think about this. Not only have they found themselves in a storm, but they find themselves in a storm because they have been commanded by the Lord to cross the Sea of Galilee. Not only to cross the Sea of Galilee, but to go over to the other side. That's what the Bible says. And the reason why they had to go over to the other side is because that's what Jesus commanded them to do. And I put emphasis there. I want to make sure that you understand. They're in the storm. They're doing what, they're doing what Jesus said do. And yet they find themselves in the midst of a storm. These men, 
as we notice in the text tonight, they are in the will of God. They're doing exactly what God has uh, said to them. And yet when we read the text, when we look at the text tonight, even though they're doing what God has commanded them to do, yet they are struggling in the midst of a storm. So what is that saying to us tonight? What is that saying to Brian Hood? When I read this text, when I read the Bible, men who are in the will of God, men who have walked with Jesus, have seen miracle after miracle, they're preaching, teaching the gospel, they're doing what God says do, and yet the Bible says that they have found themselves in the midst of a storm. And so this ought to be a lesson for all of us tonight, brothers and sisters, to be mindful of that even though you can be doing all the right things, you can be reading your Bible, you can be going to church, the leader of a small group, connect group, whatever the case may be, doing what God has told you to do, doing what God has commanded you to do, and you will still run into storms. Just because we are doing what God says do, that does not exempt us from trials and tribulations in our lives. And if you're not careful, people will have you to believe. People will have you to believe because you serve God, that everything, everything is going to be great. Yes, everything in the end, and it will, God will work things out, but that, doesn't, that does not mean that we won't cry sometimes. That does not necessarily mean that we won't have to suffer sometime. Even if we are doing what Christ said, and I pray that every last one of us strive every day to do and to live by his word. But you need to understand just because you are doing what the Lord says do, you and I are not exempt from trials and uh, tribulations. Again, you can be doing the right things. You may be here tonight and say, well, I read my Bible. You may be the one saying, well, I go to church. And yet, you still run into storms of life. And so, again, when we continue to look at the text tonight, when we think about uh, these men, these men, and not only just thinking about these men, but when you think about yourself, not the person sitting beside you, not the person behind you, but when you think about your life and what God has been doing in your life, what God has brought each and every one of you, there are times in your life in my life where we can get stuck in, the li in, in storms in our lives. And no matter how hard you and I try, no matter what we do, there seems like sometimes in our life we can't even make headway. Have you ever just been working hard, keeping your head down, doing the right thing, treating your neighbor according to what the Bible says, loving God, trying your best, striving in his word, and yet it seems as if you take two steps forward, then you end up taking four steps backwards. Lord, I've been reading, I'm studying your word, I'm doing everything that I can, and yet I'm still struggling. Whatever it may be, you're struggling with something, and it just does not seem at times that life is fair, and God, I am doing what you have told me to do. And sometimes you wonder, sometimes you ponder, and I don't know about you, but there's sometimes there's people that I know, people that I can think about, and names that I can call out to you right now. And when I look at their lives, and when I think about, I read the Bible, I pray, I'm here at Longview Point, I'm doing all these things that God has commanded me 
uh, to do. And there's times in my life when I can think about other people and I can look at their lives. They don't read the Bible. They don't pray. They're not thinking about anybody's church. And it seems as if they don't ever have problems. Their children are doing well. Their marriage is fine. They love their job and never have any problems. And they don't ever serve God. And here I am serving, trying, striving to serve God. And I continue time after time find myself dealing with struggles, find myself in the midst of a storm. And yet, brothers and sisters, when we look at these individuals, when I look at these individuals, and sometimes I still wonder, sometimes I still ponder, I'm loving God and I'm doing what God is saying do, or I'm doing what God is saying to do, and yet it seems as if some days it's hard to put one foot in front of the other. Try as you and I may. Brothers and sisters, it seems sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful, when we talk about the storms of life and try as you and I might, our children sometimes, they act wild. They get crazy. Well, let me say it like this. Sometimes my children, as much as I love them, they begin to act wild. They, they act wild. And time I get one child straight, then it seems as if my health starts falling apart. And then I get my health straight and I get that fixed. And then it seems like my finances start acting up on me as well. And I said all that to say, and those are just some of the examples I give. But my point is, it seems as if you fix one thing and you get that fixed, something else acts up, something else breaks down. If it's not one thing, it's another. And yet, brothers and sisters, after we get all of those things taken care of, then old age has the nerve and the audacity to come upon you and I. And we get to this stage in our life when we have raised our children and now we've got to take care of grandchildren. Now we have to take care of grandchildren again. If it's not one thing, it's another. And the reason why if it's not one thing, it's another, you need to understand again tonight that life will send storms your way. I don't care how righteous you may be. I don't care how right with God you may be tonight. Life will always send storms your way. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 11, it tells us, Now no chastising seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Again, brothers and sisters, no matter how much you and I may know, no matter how much you and I love God, you need to understand again, the author of the text is trying to show us and he's trying to uh, convey to all of us that storms will come. We know that storms will come because Jesus even said in this life, you will have trials and tribulations. But he also said, be ye of good cheer, for I have overcome um, the world. And so in our storms, and as life throws storms your way, and whether you're going, uh, getting ready to go into the storm, or you find yourself in the middle of the storm, or you're coming out of the storm, 
You need to understand, and I talked a little bit about this, I believe, on last week when we were talking about uh, faith and we were talking about uh, Thanksgiving. But where is your faith? Where is your faith at tonight? Again, I'm not just necessarily talking about when everything is going great. It's easy to talk about trusting God and having faith in God when everything is okay. But when you look at tonight's text and when you look at these disciples, there is no sun in the sky. The sky is not bright blue. These men are in the middle of a storm. And yet these men have got to have some faith. And so tonight, again, my question to you is, where is your faith? What is your faith like when you find yourself in the middle of the storm? What is your faith like when there is nobody else around you except you and God? And you are dealing with a sickness or you're dealing with a problem and Brother Wade is not there. Because, you know, if we're not careful, when we have people from Longview Point, our friends, our pastor, we tend to want to make a great impression upon them. But what is your faith like when there's nobody but you and God and you've ran out of questions and you don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening? You've called this person. You've called that person. You've used your education. You've used your finances. You've used everything you know to try to solve a problem. And guess what? You cannot solve it. You have to just live with it and deal with it. Where is your faith again tonight? And so that brings me to the first point in our lesson uh, tonight. Again, it, let me just back up for a moment because I did want to say this. When we talk about faith, having faith in God, and again, the author wants us to understand, having faith in God is not a hedge in our life that will keep storms from coming. You need to understand that. To have faith in your life and in my life, that's not a hedge that is going to keep storms from coming. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the lesson. But the first point tonight, and it's there in your outline, when we talk about storms and the author of our text tonight deals with storms, storms are God's means of transportation. Storms are God's means of transportation in your life and in my life. You can get to the other side without some storms. If the storm is choppy, brothers and sisters, if it's choppy enough, it will carry you and I to the other side before we even know it. The very thing that the disciples feared, they feared this storm, and I want you to think about that. The very thing that they feared tonight, this storm that the Bible, that the author of the text has written about, the very thing that they feared was the sea and the wind, and yet God used it to get them to the other side. Now, again, I want to put emphasis on that. The very thing that they were scared of, and God used that to get them to the other side. Brothers and sisters, there are things in life that we are scared of, that we sometimes can be very fearful of. But it's those things that God uses to get us to where he wants us to be. There are some things that God has to use to get us to the other side. And in getting us to the other side, it makes us better. It makes our testimony stronger. 
The Bible said, as we continue to look at the text, the Bible said that he, meaning Jesus, he came in the darkness. Now, notice here in verse number 25. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, I want you to understand when the Bible says the fourth night, uh, or let me again, the fourth watch of the night, when the Bible talks about that, I want to make sure that you know and you understand that is the hours of 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And that's the darkest time of the night. So if you find yourself woke at 3 a.m. in the morning because you can't sleep, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., that is the darkest time of the night. And yet when we look at the text, the Bible said that from the fourth watch of the night, the darkest time of the night, Jesus shows up. So when we look at the text, he shows up at the darkest time of the night. And brothers and sisters, again, this should be very encouraging to every last one of us that is here tonight. God has a habit of showing up in the darkest times of your life and my life. Yes, he showed up at the darkest time for the disciples, but brothers and sisters, every last one of us that are, that's here tonight, you think about some of the darkest moments in your life. And that's when God showed up. He shows up because God has a habit of just showing up in some of the darkest moments of your life. Now, I want you to understand this thing about darkness because now when you notice here in the text, the Bible said that these men were scared. They were scared. They thought that this was a ghost. They thought Jesus was a ghost. It's dark. They really can't see this figure. Who is this? And the thing that you need to understand about darkness, the darkness may hide God from you and I, but the darkness will never hide, uh, the, but the darkness will never hide us from God. The darkness may hide God. We may be like the disciples. We can't necessarily see what's going on in the dark, but just because we can't see that does not mean that God does not see. And so while these men didn't, couldn't necessarily figure this out and who this figure is, Jesus already could see them. The Bible tells us and the Bible says that the dark and the light is the same with God. That the dark and the light is the same with him. And so then God comes in the face of disaster. Notice here in the text how God comes in the face of disaster. These men are in the middle of a storm and Jesus shows up. I'm so glad when I'm in the middle of my storm. I'm so glad when disaster happens in my life, Jesus shows up because sometimes family and friends may not always be there. Sometimes when you call for them and while they have good intentions, they may be tied up. They won't answer the phone. They are away from their phone. They are out of town. They cannot necessarily get back to you and I to help you and I in the midst of our disaster, in the midst of our storm. But I'm glad even in the darkest moments in my life and no matter how much disaster it may be, Jesus will show up because he has that habit of showing up. And yet the Bible continues to tell us in the midst of their storm, the more that they battled, the more that they tried to row the boat and the more they tried to do this, the worse the storm got. 
And brothers and sisters, sometimes when I look at that text, it reminds me of myself. It seems like when I'm in the middle of a storm and everything that can go wrong, it will go wrong. Have you had days like that that you've waken up and everything that could go wrong, it did go wrong? If it's not, again, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it seems as if the harder you try, the worse it gets. And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of days like that. And I've been so glad when bedtime comes. Because I've made up in my mind, it's just been, it's been a hard day. I've tried everything I could. It seemed like it just got worse and worse. And I've been so glad for bedtime to come and get into bed and go to sleep. And we'll just try it again and we'll start all over on the next day. And yet, this is what these men, these men who have been called by God, these men who are born again, these religious men, yes, they too struggle. And we need to realize that we need to understand that the danger about being in church for so long, we tend to think if you're not careful that we are exempt from trouble. We are exempt from struggles. And that's not so. God bless you for being, you might have been here, some of you have been here longer than I have. Some of you have known the Lord longer than I have. Some of you have been on this journey longer than I have. God bless you. But even though you may have been on this journey longer than I have and known God longer than I have, I guarantee you, you are not exempt from trials and tribulation. And so, nevertheless, again, I told you earlier that just because you have faith, It's not a hedge that's going to keep storms from coming in your life. And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about it in terms like this. When you watch the weather report and the weatherman tells you that it's going to rain later on this evening or early in the morning and he advises you or she advises you that you may want to take an umbrella with you. Now, when you take that umbrella, just because you take the umbrella out of your house, does that stop the storm from coming? Okay, yeah, somebody, I need some more people to shake their head, okay? Because I see some of y'all getting ready to go to sleep. That's make me sleepy. I don't want to go to sleep either, okay? But just because you take the weatherman or weather lady up on their offer and you are taking your umbrella out of the house, that does not stop the storm from coming. Because whether it's early that morning, midday, or late that evening, or even into the night hours, the storm will come. And when you open up the umbrella, just because you open it up, it doesn't stop the storm from coming. But when you open up the umbrella, it keeps the rain off of you. So you may ask the question, now, Brother Brian, you use that analogy. What are you saying? What are you trying to tell me? All I'm trying to tell you is that in Christ Jesus, yes, the storm will come. But if you're in Christ, he will keep the rain off of you. I believe that's worth saying one more time. If you are in Christ, if you are in Christ Jesus, yes, the storm will come. But rest assured, you need to know and you need to be encouraged tonight just because the storm will come. If you are in Christ, he will keep the rain off of you. So if we're in Christ, if we're in Christ and the storm may be raging, But the rain will not fall on you and I. God will bring you and I out of our storm. And if by chance, and you need to know this, you need to know this, you need to understand this, that every storm that we go through, God will not necessarily always bring us out. 
Don't let anybody fool you and tell you that every storm that you go through, God is going to bring you out. And I know people have great intentions. People have great intentions, and I believe the majority of people mean well. But here is the truth of the matter. There are some storms that you will go through. There are some storms that I will go through, and God is not going to bring you out, and he's not going to bring me out. But guess what God will do? He will get in the storm with you. There are times where you will find yourself sick, and it may not be in God's will to heal you for that season, but God will get in there with you and comfort you in your time of sickness. That's the thing that I love about God, and that's the thing that we need to be uh, mindful, that we need to be mindful of. And so when you come out on the other side, those storms that God decided to bring us out of, when you and I come out on the other side, it does something for our testimony. It does something to our testimony. It does something in how we praise God when the Lord brings us out. And this is what I mean by this. You, you're praising God right now, and that's great. You're serving God right now, and that's great. But for those of you, and I'm just talking right now to those of you who have been through something and God has delivered you from it, doesn't it change the way you praise God? Doesn't it change the way how you serve God? Because before then, you, didn't, you only went by what you heard other people say. God will do this. God will do that. God healed so-and-so, but now God healed you. Your finances was in ruins, and yet through that season of life, God took care of you. You've been sick, and yet through that season of life, God took care of you. And so now when you get up and you give your testimony, you no longer have to say, my mama said, my daddy said, granddaddy said, and those are some good people, and I know they know God. But now you can get up and say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt what God will do because he did it in my life. And he did it for me. It does something to the way you praise God when he brings you out on uh, the other side. When you've been lied on and God has vindicated you, it changes your uh, testimony. And so that's the first point. That's the first point in the lesson. Here's the second point in the lesson. And after that, I'll be done. So not only do God use storms as transportation in your life and my life, but God also, storms uh, are God's way of testing us. Storms are God's way of testing you and I. Now, I want to make sure that you understand when we talk about this thing, faith, and when you look here uh, at the text tonight, when Jesus said, it is I, be ye of good cheer, uh, be not afraid. When you looked at verse 28, and Peter answered and said to him, Lord, uh, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so the Lord said, come. Now, you can say what you want to say about Peter. And I hear people say this all the time. When we think about Peter, you have to understand this about Peter. Peter was that guy who was rough around the edges. Peter was that guy, whatever he thought, it came right out. 
Peter was that guy who had diarrhea of the mouth because he didn't know when to be quiet. That's Peter. That is who this text is talking about tonight. And yet, when he looked at the Lord and said, that's you, and then I'm paraphrasing, but Lord, allow me to come to where you are at, even though he's rough around the edges, yes, he can have diarrhea uh, of the mouth, and yes, whatever he thinks, it comes straight out. Look at the faith that Peter has at this moment. And I said all that to say that a faith that's not tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. I'm not impressed with anybody that's got, that say they have faith and you've never been tested. Because if your faith has never been tested, it can't be trusted. You can't tell anybody about effectively, let me say it like this, you cannot effectively tell anybody about God and what God will do and how God will provide, how God will bring you to the other side and you don't trust him. You don't lean on him. It stains your testimony. So a faith that's not tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And when storms of life begin to rage, and they will, it's not, it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. Again, I had an elder tell me this because I messed around and I said it some years ago when he's talking about trials, tribulations. One trouble after this and one trouble after that. And I messed around like Peter and I just mouthed off and said, I don't have no problems. I don't know anything about arthritis. I don't know anything about when you get up in the morning and you have to sit on side the bed because you got to pat your knee and beg your leg to wake up. I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about asking where is the remote and it's in my hand. I don't know anything about, honey, where are my glasses? And they're right there either on top of my head or they're right there on my eyes. I don't know anything, or at least at that time, I don't know anything about I'm going to the refrigerator and I'm going to get some orange juice. And when I get to the kitchen, I've got to stand there for a moment and think about what did I come here for in the first place? Now, I see some of y'all laughing, so some of y'all can testify. And this is what my elder said to me. He said, son, true, you don't know about it right now, but keep living. Keep getting up in the morning. And guess what? No, I'm, I'm 41, but guess what? There are times I've walked to the kitchen and I have to stand there. <laughs> or I have to call Shannon and say, what, what did I come in here for? What did you want? There are times I've walked around in the living room and I'm fussing. Where is the remote? And Shannon said, Brian, it's, it's right there in your hand. I have reading glasses sometime late at night when I'm reading because she likes for all the lights to be off and it's kind of dark, so I'm having to do this. And where are my glasses? Brian, they're on top of your head. And all, every time she reminds me, I hear what that guy just said to me years ago. Keep getting up. Storms will come. Things will start happening to you. But you got to have faith. You've got to have faith. In God, that God will bring you and I to uh, the other side. So, a faith that's not tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. When storms of life begin to rage, you need to understand that God is not mad at you. When you have storms in your life, it's not that God is mad at you. It is not. Every time that something happens to an individual, we as believers in Christ, we have got to stop 
acting as if somebody did something wrong. Just because somebody has storms in their life, it does not necessarily mean that they have done wrong. It is not that God is sitting up in heaven and saying, well, I don't have anything else better to do, so I'm going to make your life miserable. No, that's not God. That's not who he is. That's not who God is. But it could be at times God is testing you and I. God is testing you and I to see how much we can stand under. There are times in our lives where God has to put steel, S-T-E-E-L, in our character. I didn't say S-T-E-A-L, but S-T-E-E-L. There are times... There are times where God tests you and I because he truly wants to know how much pressure you and I can stand under. God's testing refines you and I, brothers and sisters. And once God tests you and I, once we've gone through the storms of life, have you ever noticed when you go through something and you've had to deal with something and God brings you out, have you noticed Before we get there, let me ask you this question. As children, when you had to pray your prayer, now I always looked for the shortest way of getting, I didn't like praying at that time, and I always tried to find the shortest Bible verse to pray. And my Bible verse was Jesus wept. And I said that until I was about 11 or 12, and my mama was like, okay, son, we know he wept, but now the Lord did more than just weep. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. Yes, I said that for a period of time in my life. But the older I got and as things began to happen to me, things began to happen to me, things that I had to go through, guess what? My prayer life began to change. Tonight I want to ask you, and you just answer this within yourself. You don't have to answer it out loud. Think about what your prayer life was like before you knew God. Think about what your prayer life has been like since you've known God. Think about what your prayer life is like after God brings you out of something. You go from saying short prayers to your prayers get a little bit longer and they get a little bit deeper. When God has worked a miracle in your life, you go to digging a little bit deeper in the Bible where you were doing surface level things, but because God has moved in your life, you went from reading two verses at night to now you read five or maybe six verses. Where you used to didn't even set any time aside for God, but because what God has done in your life, now you find yourself making time for God. And you would have never done that if he had never tested you. You'd have never gave him praise. You'd have never said thank you if he'd have never brought you through whatever it is or whatever it was. That he has brought you through. So notice here in the text. And I'm about to close now. Because it's 6.54. So notice here in the text. Peter. This guy that I just told you about. He asked Jesus. Is this you? And notice in verse 29. So he said. Jesus said. Come. And when Peter had come out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But now notice here in the text. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, here's this guy 
here's this guy that started out with faith, but then he got caught up in his surroundings. And as a result of getting caught up in his surroundings and taking his eyes off of God, the Bible tells us that he began to sink. And not only did he begin to sink, but notice in his prayer, he did not have time. And I want to make sure that you understand that there will be times in your life where you don't have 20 or 30 minutes to say a long prayer. All Peter can say is, Lord, save me. Now, he went down, yes, because he took his eyes off of God and he got caught up in his surroundings. I want to encourage you tonight that no matter what you're going through, don't get caught up in your surroundings. Keep your eyes on the one who has been leading and guiding you. No matter how tough it may get, no matter how uncomfortable you may be, no matter how fearful you may be at times, still, I want to encourage you, keep your eyes on Christ. Now, Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water. Now, there are some people who said, this man's crazy. He got out of the safety of his boat to get on the water and go to where Jesus was or is at that time. But do you know why Peter did that? Have you ever asked yourself, why did this man get out of the boat and decide to walk on the water and go to be where Jesus is at? Here's the reason why Peter did that. Peter made up in his mind, and Peter realized what you and I need to understand and realize tonight. It is better to be on the water with Jesus than to be in the boat without him. I believe that's worth saying again, too. It is better to be on the water with Jesus than to be in the boat without him. Now, we talk about how much we love Jesus. As Baptists, I'm teaching a seminary class, and I teach a seminary class on Monday nights in Starkville for uh, one of the seminaries, and they have an extension center down there. And the course that we're t I'm teaching for the next eight weeks is what Baptists believe. And here's what I ask the class every time I get up before them. Do you really believe what it is that you say you believe. Because we always talk about how we love God, how we serve God, and I'll serve him to the day I die. Do you really mean that? Do you really believe what you're saying? Because tonight, look what Peter demonstrated. And one thing that I've discovered about many of us, we will talk a good game. But if the Lord said, come on and step over here on this water with me and get out of the boat, how many of you truly would get out of the boat? Now, I know you raising your hand because all of us are around here tonight, but if you just by yourself and there's nobody else looking, would you really get out of the boat? Remember what I asked you earlier. What's your faith like when there's nobody around but you and the Lord? Because, again, notice what Peter realized in the text. It's better to be with him than to be in the safety of the boat without him. I don't care where the Lord is at, and I don't care if even it's a in some places that's very uncomfortable or even that may not necessarily be conducive for me. But wherever God is, that's where I want to be at. And I pray that you have that same feeling. I pray that you're not just saying it, but wherever it is that God is at, that's where you want to be. Lord, even if that means I have to suffer sometimes, but to be with you, I'll do it. 
if I have to cry sometime, but to be with you and to be where you're at, God, I will do it. I believe Charles Spurgeon said once that before God can use you greatly, God has to hurt you deeply. Be careful when you say you want to serve God. Do you know what that entails? Be careful when you say, I want to be where God is at. It costs something to be where God is at. But I hope that you're willing to pay that price. So the Bible tells us that the winds are blowing. The wind, nevertheless, is blowing. Peter sees all of this, and yet he starts going down. But notice what he says, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand in verse 31 and called him and said to him, Oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? There will be times in our lives that we will do exactly what Peter has done. Because we've taken our eyes off of God. We cannot trace God's hand in the dark. We don't know what God is up to. Life does not make sense. And we begin to doubt God. Verse 32 says, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now, when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. You have to understand and realize these men were in the middle of a storm. Here comes Jesus walking on the water and Jesus is walking on their storm. He's not walking on his storm, but he's walking on their storm. What does that mean for us tonight when we pull this, extract this out of the text? If the Lord was able and he did, he walked on their storm. You need to be encouraged tonight that God will walk on your storm tonight. God will walk on your storm tonight. And the Bible said that the wind and the sea, they ceased. They were acting wild. The sea was acting crazy, upset. And yet when the Lord spoke, everything calmed down. And so when everything come down, verse 33 said, and then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. In some translations, it says, and they even asked the question, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obeys him? The wind and the sea obey him because he's God. He's God. He controls everything. We think we run some things. We don't run anything. God has always been in control. God will always be in control. God, when you look at, it, when you look at the text, and I'm, I promise you I'm through because I'm closing my Bible. I'm closing my Bible. You know when a Baptist preacher is done when he closes his Bible. If he ever tell you I'm about to be done and he don't close his Bible, you, you just might as well hold on for a little while longer, okay? But when you look at the text... And you think about this. I want, and this was something that really stuck out in the text. Here is Jesus walking on the disciples' storm, and yet the wind is blowing, and yet it did not mess up his clothing. The rain is coming down, and it he did not get wet because he's God. He's God, and he's God all by himself. Blessings in the storm of life. There are truly blessings in the storm of life. Every storm that you go through is not always a bad one. But God is trying to do something with you, to you, so that after you're refined, you'll be better when you come out on the other side. Guess what? I'm done. 
May God bless you tonight and may God keep you uh, is my prayer.